It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. I used to walk through life much like you do now. I saw the sky was blue, and I knew it was due to the refractive qualities of our atmosphere. I saw the plants were green, because they were full of chlorophyll, which absorbs red and blue light to make energy, and I knew that people were people. I had a crap storm about six months ago that washed all those foolish delusions from me. Now I see the sky and wonder if refractive index is a real thing. Or it's just one explanation for that observation. The only thing I know for sure is that I don't really understand what's going on. But that isn't even the best of it. So I now live in a world, thanks to being shilp... No, I correct that. That didn't make me do anything. I mean, it was all me. But being shilper, they just taught me how to see the truth. But anyway, look, the world I live in is nonetheless richer and more frightening. For example, this world I live in has a secret room of death in the basement of Tanya McCulloch Children's Hospital, and an ancient order of, for lack of a better term, sorcerers, who are somehow aligned with the Catholic Church. And as a mysterious group of people, uh, who may be not formally a group, but anyway, called the Hunters. So how do I deal with this? Well, I made exit plan which is now just me. Anyway, look, the past few days have been quite eventful. As always throughout, I recorded my journal, so I think I'll just play it back in the order I experience things. Hi, uh, well, I'm off to meet Sasha, where... Are you talking to me? Uh, no, Mary, just starting my journal for the evening. Okay. Uh, so, um, okay. Uh, we're meeting outside the rock room after her shift, and then hitting an Argentinian restaurant here in Northbridge. It's sort of between the office and the rock room, so not too far to walk. I haven't felt this excited in months. Not since B. But, well, I'll, I'll have to start staking out uh, Maria Anthony in a few days. We've got some good target times days that seem to be when B or someone like her is going in or walking past. But that thought is for future me. Present me is all about tonight. So, final checklist. Telescoping baton. Check. Brass knuckles. Though they're actually silver-studded steel. Check. Stab-proof light impact vest. Check. I don't take many chances these days. I feel a little paranoid. There's a few things I've been remembering and they give me the heebie-jeebies. Let me enumerate them since I've got a couple of minutes. 1. When I went to reclaim my books, you know the ones, I'm pretty sure someone was in the collector's house and they made the house explode. I thought the books were gone forever, but little did I know, someone, probably someone else, had delivered them to my door. I never found out who or why. 2. The very first monster I witnessed, the Maroi, was hunted and killed by a person 
I assume a man, but really I just don't know. Like this person was heavily covered head to toe. With uh, They didn't have a single bit of skin showing. I mean, who was that? Did they know I'd followed? Okay, three. Shilpa was going to kill me in front of what she termed stakeholders, who, as far as I know, were watching on the IP cameras. They saw me defeat her. I just don't know if there'll be a reprisal for that or a reward. Four, Beatrice, B, is still at large, and I'm pretty sure she has Heidi or knows where she is. B had told me she was working to free herself from a demon, not a figurative inner demon, though I think she has those too, but rather a literal from hell variety of demon. I know nothing of demons, though having read my books from cover to cover, I have some idea of what they might be capable of. Number five. The gnomes in Redfern were just weird. That beautiful one that John kissed could only be described as a handsome prince. Oh, or queen, as the case may be. What is the deal with that? I mean, those gnomes, fairies, whatever, are tricksy folk at the best of times. And there are plenty of folk tales about how they charm people or pretend to be someone else and so on. Number six, because apparently I need six reasons to be paranoid. The creature haunting the Imperial Iron Mining Camp was a vampire thrall. They only get created by vampires and only serve the one that created them. The best I've been able to come up with is some sort of Scooby-Doo mystery plot which might well be true, but what of the vampire? David Geldstein, in his book Lost Denizens of the Old World, talks about Dracula-style vampires, as opposed to Maroi, and he says they are wise, intelligent, scheming, and they play long games. Their view extends to the centuries, so their strategies tend to likewise take a while to unfold. That didn't sit right with me. The idea that a Dracula would just send a thrall off to frighten Imperial Iron into selling their steak cheap. I can't help but think we were what the vampire was looking for. Or, or was it or was it that we were just accidentally drawn into that trap? Yeah. I don't know if there are any more points, but six seems a good number. It's good enough to warrant wearing armor all the time and carrying at least one weapon. You're still here. I thought you left already. Uh, just finishing a little recording before I go. Uh, which I'm doing now. Uh, so, well, I'm off. So, that was my quick laundry list of reasons to be paranoid. It turns out, I do have reasons to be paranoid. I mean, what is it they say? Just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they aren't out to get you? And I met Sasha at the rock room. She looked strong. She climbs most days. She's a cycle courier on the others and a health and fitness blogger in the evenings. She's a little shorter than me and narrow athletic frame. Not much in the way of hips, but her body is just so lean and strong that she sort of gives off this healthy vigor. I could almost feel her vitality radiating off her like heat. There's something about a physically strong woman that I really appreciate. But I'm probably bordering on excessive description at this point, uh, so I'll... Stop the cringeworthiness and get back on point. So I met her at the rock room. She was plainly dressed in jeans and t-shirt. 
The night was unseasonably warm, and so I was feeling a little hot with my jacket over my armour. I mean, it's fashionable armour, but still, it's a bit hot. So I recorded this next bit just after dinner, and after we'd sat and talked in a bar. I was walking her home, well, to her bike at the rock room. I'm going to start narrating our walk. Uh, it's for my journal. I hope you don't mind. I was wondering about that. You were doing it the other day too. What's the deal? Uh, yeah, I started an audio journal the best part of a year ago, maybe 10 months. Initially it was for personal monitoring. It was a way for me to get my thoughts out, but now I think about it, it may have been because I didn't think I had anyone to talk to, so I talked to myself. That was initially. And now? Now, now I'm used to it and I use it to keep track of reality. Ah, yeah, well, that sounds crazy. I mean, things happen, and when you try to remember them, your memories often glaze over or ignore stuff. I do it for the same reason some people take heaps of photos all the time. It just centers me in reality, and and I edit them and post them online too, because I think it helps some people to get to grips on their own lives. That does sound odd, but I've seen Stranger. What? Ah, it's just a cat. Ha! So, almost certainly not a cat. It's a stalking murderer ready to pounce. Why would you say that? Did you see it? I did see it. What is it? Are you serious? Did you really see it? Um, yeah. What is it? You'd be surprised at things I've seen, so I doubt you've got any surprises for me. Let's get moving. It probably was just a cat. Just as a note, I didn't see anything. I was just joking about the murder, but uh, now I wonder. Hey, are you alright? Did you want me to call a taxi or something? I'd offer you a lift, but I'm over the limit. We could go back to my office and hang for a couple of hours until I sober up enough to drive you. Yeah, yeah, I don't like riding at night anyway. It's too dangerous. Okay, this office is pretty secure. We are a security consultancy after all. Yeah, so what sort of security do you do? You don't look like a bouncer. So far we've taken jobs for large corporations to investigate and secure sites. Imperial Iron recently had us up to a camp to help them, uh, well, secure it. From what? A worker and a security consultant, not one of ours, were attacked. We investigated and apprehended the attacker. I'm under a bit of an NDA, so I can't talk much about it. What is it you thought was out there tonight? I don't really know. I'm pretty sure I'm being followed or stalked. I haven't... Well, I mean, stuff like tonight has happened the last few weeks. A couple of nights ago I thought I saw someone at my bedroom window. That's pretty serious. (laughs) I'm in an apartment on the third floor, so you're right. It's pretty serious. It isn't like... Someone could just walk up and have a look in. You keep pausing before saying, someone. You don't think it's a person, do you? Why don't you tell me about what you think it is? Because I want it to be a someone, not a something, okay? The reason the police weren't involved at the mine site was because the security consultant was beaten, drowned and chewed on. There are no large predators around there. No crocodiles, no packs of wild dogs. None were able to do what was done. 
So exit plan security deals with the situations where people have questions they don't really want answered. And I mean that in a very primal and visceral way, not in a wise guy's corrupt kind of way. There's a reason I'm wearing armour and carrying these silver and steel beauties with me. You're wearing armour? Mm-hmm, yeah. So what did you see back in the alley? Nothing. I thought I was being funny. And when you took it seriously, I wanted to find out how seriously you took it. I now know. What do I do? I can't afford to hire exit plan. Well, at the moment I don't have a job. And also exit plan at this point is pretty much just me. I figure I'll subcontract when I get another job, but in the meantime, I could help you. I'm always looking for ways to improve my education. They don't really teach you about Rougarou, Maroi and Zane at security school. So when did this start? Where did you learn about... what were they? Rougarou, Maroi and Zane? Oh, I came across these books. I keep them in here. Uh, what? What is this? Check your Dropbox. Your books aren't there. Just a note that tells me to check my Dropbox. I think it was written by Mary. She's our administrator. See what I mean about being paranoid? I've made a target of myself. I think that knowing about the realities of the world is unusual enough that you kind of stick out and become a curiosity to investigate. Mind you, I'm not exactly keeping this super secret, what with publishing everything as a podcast and all, but I do believe in the end it will protect me more than harm me, and I also believe I'll end up helping at least one person. Anyway, the books were gone. I kept them in the office in a sturdy cupboard. I figured I didn't want them at home because I didn't want my home to explode like the collector's house where I had tried to get rid of the books. I also didn't see much point in locking them in a safe. The only people, or things, that would want those books would have no trouble with a safe. The note I found was written by Mary. She left me a journal in the Dropbox for the podcast. I told her to start an audio journal of anything she felt might be important, any information of value, that sort of thing. Well, here it is. I'm sorry. I have to take the books. They contain knowledge sacred to the order of the blooming tree, and they contain knowledge that can't be allowed to fall into the wrong hands. I've been listening to your podcast, so I know your intentions are pure and your motives are good, but as you witnessed with social priming, there are consequences to magic use. One of the books contains very powerful magic indeed, the elemental binding. And if someone were to try that and fail, it could be disastrous. By the time you're listening to this, I'll have burnt them and spread the ashes. Again, I'm sorry. Suffice it to say, you won't see me again. Goodbye, and good luck. Yeah, good luck. I totally get her opinion and understand why she did it. I think it was the wrong action to take. But I understand why she did it, and I don't really hold a grudge against her. I've tried finding out what I can about the Order of the Blooming Tree, but there isn't a lot available on the internet. I'm pretty sure it is a Catholic order. I found an image of a tree covered in flowers on the package the books were delivered in after I thought I'd lost them the first time. When I looked for that image online, 
I found mention that it was associated with an order, but not any specifics. So I'm guessing the flowering tree symbol is the symbol of the order of the blooming tree. And one of the books is called something like Esoteric Mysteries of the Floriborologist, which sounds a lot like some Latin mangle of flower and tree, flora and arbor. Put one and one together and you get two. So I had sacred knowledge and dangerous secrets. I knew that, and I guess that messing up an elemental binding would be bad. I listened to that recording with Sasha. I think that was all it was needed for her to know I was serious. So now you know about the ancient order of sorcerers running about acting as zealous librarians. Next, you'll learn about the secret death room in the hospital. That's as opposed to the common knowledge death room, i.e. the morgue. Okay, to recap. Sasha, you are being stalked by something that you're sure you've seen out your bedroom window on the third floor of an apartment block, and we may have heard it following you tonight. Something I've learned is that monsters usually aren't just monsters. Well, Ruguru and Maroi are, but... Even Draculas have motives other than terrorism. Draculas? Yeah, it's what I colloquially call blood-drinking vampires, you know, akin to the Dracula story. There are a number of creatures that might be described as vampire, so I need a way to pick out this one kind. You see, generally monsters are in part spiritual beings that have an essential nature and thus a gender. The gnomes, or elves, also known as Zane, that are bedeviling a development in Redfern in Sydney weren't just being mischievous. They were attempting to achieve a goal. I'm not sure what the goal was, but it had to do with concepts that border on our own knowledge of the world, but run in parallel. I mean, for lack of a better term, that is a spiritual imperative that drove them to their action. So I'm haunted by elves? Uh, yeah, probably not. No, what I'm saying is that whatever is stalking you has an agenda. It's got a goal that it's striving for. It may even be driven to it. If it was simply a desire to kill, they'd have done it. So, for some reason, they've tracked you down and now they're watching you. It could be because you've done something that has upset a balance, or because you match a certain archetype, or even because you're related to someone else that has a relationship with this being. What... what was it doing at your window? I didn't see it very well. I woke up and looked at my window, and at first I didn't see anything, and I wondered why I was looking so intently at the window. Slowly I began to make out a shape in the dark where there shouldn't be one. It was like a hunched person, crouching outside, pushing their face up close to the glass to see in. It wasn't a person though. Even granted that a person had used a cherry picker or large ladder to climb up to the right height, the face was the wrong shape. It was dark, the skin of the face. I couldn't tell if it was actually a shade of grey or black, or if it was a deep blue or red. There just wasn't enough light, but it wasn't white. The eyes were big like an owl, and they didn't blink. It didn't seem to have a nose, or maybe the nose was flat and small, like just a couple of slits. But when it realised I could see it, it dropped out of view, and I could see it had long, cragsy hair like a troll doll. It didn't move right, like when it dropped away, the hair was up, and the thing moved down, the hair dropped. It was the reverse of what it should have done. Have you done something most people don't do? Have you been somewhere unusual? Do you have something you shouldn't have? What about your family history? Has anyone in your family been involved in anything that might be relevant? 
Um, what is it? You thought of something. It felt like my head was spinning, and the words Mary spoke were just confetti in the wind. I need an exit plan. Thank you for listening. The next episode will be released at the same time next week. The novel of Exit Plan Season 1 will be released at the end of March 2019. If you would like to help support the production of this and future works, please consider buying a copy or recommending it to a friend. Thank you to Natalie Behn for the voice of Sasha and Carly Nichols for the voice of Mary. To keep up to date follow at Gravity Undone on Twitter or Facebook and consider checking out our new podcast, Space Brains, a sci-fi movie review show at Space Brains Pod on Twitter.